Welcome to You Gotta Have Faith. What is faith? In Hebrews 11th chapter 1st verse, the Apostle Paul writes, Faith is the substance of things hoped for and evidence in things not seen. One playwright writes that it's believing you see white when your eyes tell you black. It's a belief when no one else believes. Dr. King says if you don't believe in something, you won't fall for anything. This is a podcast about faith. This is a Christian podcast where we share our faith and belief in God and also in mankind, the goodness and kindness in mankind. In today's world, we see lots of ugliness based on racism, misogyny, and age-old grudges. But there is goodness in all of us. There is goodness in this world. But it begins with our belief. you got to have faith. It is uh, March the 24th, 2018. The usual gang is here. We have uh, Deb and Craig, and I'm Reg Clay. Hey. (laughs) And um, this is uh, the, so um, Palm Sunday is tomorrow, right? So we're on the eve of Palm Sunday, and um, we're going to focus on Romans chapter 15, verse 7 through 12. But first, uh, I'll open us up in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for waking us up this wonderful Saturday morning. Uh, We pray that you uh, guide us as we uh, tackle your word and uh, read um, the message that you have to give to us, and that we can... um, spread your word uh, through this podcast. And we pray that uh, everything that we say and we do is guided by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 So, um, yeah, I was telling you guys that I was motivated by, uh, there have been so many things that happened this week. Um, (laughs) You think? Good, salacious, (laughs) bad. Actually, what's happening right now, there's the march um, against gun violence by the uh, other kids in Washington, D.C., and I'm motivated by that. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. I wish uh, I wish they uh, had a full house, you mm-hmm. know, like. You mean that? You mean that the Senate and Congress were sitting there? And <laughs> you that, mean and like that everybody didn't just flee town? But, uh, I know. I hear there's going to be like a half a million estimate. I yeah. think there's more than that. I think yeah. so too. Yeah. And also, there are marches that are happening not only in D.C. but other parts of the United States and the world, actually. Yeah. Oh, that's support. fantastic. I didn't yeah. know it was the world. Yeah. Yeah. They said they estimated like 17 different countries are doing the same thing simultaneously. Wow, that's awesome. And there's lots of communities. There's an organized march in San Francisco, of course, in Oakland. There's mm-hmm. uh, a bunch of high schools all around the area who are holding their own kind of vigil. Yeah. yeah, as well. I know uh, my church is cooperating with San Leandro High School, I believe, oh, which awesome. is down the, down the block from yeah. them. And uh, uh, there's a there's a few people who in, in my church who are like you know all ready to kind of like march on anything. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so they're yeah they're, yeah they're they're ready. They were yeah. they were geared up for this, and there's a lot of support. Yeah. So in any case, to tie up, um, I won't get into too many of the current events. We'll do that a little bit later on. But I was motivated by. Um, so there, there had been a series of bombings that happened in Austin, Texas, and they caught the individual. The individual killed himself. He was a 23-year-old. And I found out through research that he had an unusual upbringing. He was raised uh, in the church, although you can categorize it as a cult. And um, That specific church. Yeah, that, that specific church. And um, his parents really isolated him from the rest of society and uh, to protect him. And I think Paul's letter to the Romans sort of um, speak against sort of um, uplifting, you know, let's say one 
so so-called religious uh, sect over uh, another. Mm-hmm. Basically, it's his. It's his. It's his um, he, he's. Well, uh, let me just uh, go ahead and read it. This is Romans fifteenth chapter, verse seven through fi- through twelve, and here we go. This is the NIV version. Accept one another, then, this just as Christ accepted you, in order to bring praise to God. For I tell you that Christ has become a servant to the Jews on behalf of God's truth to confirm the promises made to the patriarchs so that the Gentiles may, glo- by, may glorify God for his mercy, as it is written. Therefore, I will praise you among the Gentiles. I will sing hymns to your name. Again, it says, Rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And again, Praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and sing praises to him, all you people. And again, Isaiah says, the root of Jesse will spring up, one who will arise to rule over the nations. The Gentiles will hope in him. And I'll also add verse 13. May God of hope, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So that was um, Romans see 15, why you picked that. Yeah. verse 7 yeah. through 13. I mean, there's a lot in there. I mean, it's pretty yeah. packed. Yeah. You know. And what I was trying to talk about before is, you know, as Christians, there are some Christians who feel, well, because we're Christian and we live the right way, we're different from those other people, whoever those other people are, air quotes. Those other Christians and non-Christians. <clears throat> right, exactly. You know, I, I'm raised the right way, and people who do evil things, well, they were raised the wrong way. And we place judgments on people. I, we, I mean, you know, for those who do, do that. And, uh, you know, I talked about this 23-year-old and his family. I think they were sort of engaged in that. They may have been sincere in thinking they were doing the right thing. But as it turns out, you know, he had an entirely different, different mentality, which resulted in him doing really, really awful things. And we still don't know that all the bombs have been found. Right. Yeah. So there's still a sense of that terrorism mm-hmm. maintained there. Yeah. But by a wider brush, I mean, all of us are capable of bad things, of sin. And, you know, we, when we seek God, when we seek to get into the light, you know, it's for, for him to forgive us of our sins and for us to better ourselves through, through the glory of God. But also, what's, what the verse is saying here is, yes, the Jews have done, you know, the right thing and they have uh, been following, you know, they've been worshiping God through the Old Testament doing what they've been told to do. But the word is also there for the Gentiles. And for it's those... It's not just for the Jewish. Exactly, yeah. exactly. The salvation. Yeah. I think the one of the things that I see in Paul's letters mm-hmm. is is a, he's constantly reminding these people of the things that they're aware of and trying to make it look, make them look at it in a different way. He's constantly telling them, look, I see like you see divisiveness i see different people doing different things Mm -hmm. in different ways just like you guys live that in daily life just as though just like you know i'm expressing this kind of christian unification and you look around and and you see something different happening or you see somebody with different ideas or different values and he keeps trying to kind of say like what you have to realize is we're pulling all these strings together yep like you're like a human body Mm-hmm. I mean, one person's a hand, one person's an eye, one person, and Christ is d- drawing it all together so we all work in unity 
that's that's what he's been trying to pull across mm-hmm. you know with these folks I mean that's kind of like I mean, he's kind of beating them over the head with it, but he's trying to say like mm-hmm. you need to establish a re- relationship with each other yes because God has already established this relationship with you. He's there. He's told you mm-hmm. that he is ready to be a part of that interaction with you personally. But yeah. you need to do it with each other. And, it's and not to ju- embrace each other yeah. as opposed embrace to each other. Yeah. And be you know. divisive. And it's not just Paul who ha- who's having this issue. I mentioned uh, when we had our breakfast, Peter is going through the exact same thing. In Acts 10th chapter, uh, verse 44 through 47 well, the prelude is Peter had been, has been preaching to the Gentiles, telling them, um, I'll read a little bit of it. Um, I'll, I'll start with uh, this 10th chapter, verse 9. At about noon the following day, as they were on the journey and approaching the city, Peter went up to the roof to pray. He became hungry and wanted to eat, and when the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw heaven open and saw and something like a large sheet being let down to earth by its four corners. It contained all sides of four-footed animals as well as reptiles of the earth and the birds of the air. And voice told him, Get up, Peter, kill and eat. Surely not, Lord, Peter replied. I've never eaten anything impure or unclean. The voice spoke to him a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. So there's there's an allusion to You've made a judgment as to what is impure or clean. God is saying here, uh, do not call anything impure that God has made clean. So only God can make the judgment as to what is impure or clean. I think that's an allusion to, you know, Gentiles. Hmm. If if people say the Gentiles are unclean, God is saying, no, you know, that's, let me make that ju- judgment. <laughs> I'm in charge here. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, actually, I wanted to that, – that wasn't actually – I was reading um, – okay. He, here. Hold on for a second. I've got to turn the page here. Okay. So basically, he's, he's preaching. Um, Peter begins to speak. Uh, this is verse 34. I'm still on Acts 10th chapter. I now realize how true is that God does not show favoritism but accepts men from every nation who fear him and do what's right. You know the message God sent to the people of Israel, telling the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You know what has happened throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee, after the baptism that John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went about doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil, because God was with him. Okay, so it keeps on going. I'm not going to read. um, Let me jump to 44. And this is the real point that I was trying to get. When Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The circumcised believers who had come to Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles. For they had heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Then Peter said, Can anyone keep these people from being baptized with water? They have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So he ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked Peter to stay with them for a few days. Okay, so that's it. And that is um, verse 44 through 48. Equal opportunity salvation. Right, exactly. So once again, the Jews are saying, hey, wait a minute. The Gentiles are just as... 
saved as we are. I mean, they weren't baptized. And people's like, well, how can I deny them baptism? They've received the Holy Spirit. I preached the word and they were filled by it. The Gentiles who you call unclean. Yeah, there was a lot of issues, too, with food. I think in this earlier chapter in 14, mm-hmm. Paul's going on about like the cleanliness of the don't yeah. don't don't worry about what people eat and what people don't eat. Sure. You know, don't wrap yourself up in this yeah. nonsense because, you, you know, know, they're still caught up in the rules. <laughs> yeah, they're still the regulations. Up, yeah, they're caught up in the rules and their mm-hmm. own kind of like, well, we do this and they do that. Therefore, mm-hmm. you know, right. They're not they're not with us. Right. Uh, and Paul's like, well, you've you got to look at the big picture here. Anything you do in faith is working out for you. Mm-hmm. you know, if you believe something is good, it's working out for you. But you don't do it at the, in order to destroy somebody else. God put a little bit of faith in each and every one of you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you've got to believe in that in right. yourself and in those who even you have disagreements, especially about stuff like food, folks. Right. <laughs> right, exactly. He's saying, listen, let's not get petty about, you know, the little yeah. things or whatever. But it ties into what Paul is talking about, jumping yeah. back to Romans 15, yeah. starting with 7th verse. And I'm just going to read the 7th verse. Accept one another then, just as Christ accepted you, in order to be prayed, in order to bring praise to God. And then that's, that's funny, that second part, in order to bring praise to God, mm-hmm. accept one another. If you don't accept one another, you are not bringing praise to God. But even as Christ accepted you, you're not perfect. Exactly. Um, And Paul's always saying, you know, like, be patient with people who have weakness. Yeah. You know, you may be feeling really powerful and good. That means you need to bring bring somebody else who's not uh, feeling as powerful and good. That's exactly right. And Paul talks about this in 15 verse 1. Yeah. We who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Mm-hmm. Each of us should please his neighbor for his good, to build him up. Mm-hmm. Isn't that a wonderful thing? I mean, yeah, you build yeah. them up. Exactly. In, in chapter 12, verse uh, 10, I've got love each other like members of your family. Mm-hmm. Be the best at showing honor to each other. Right. I mean, you know, it's this constant kind of like <clears throat> we're pulling all the strings together. We're bringing everybody together. This yeah. is all one big tent. It's the golden rule, right? <laughs> yeah. Love one another. Yeah. yeah. As yeah. Love over and over. Right? Yeah. And it may <laughs> seem Pollyannish like, oh, Reg, of course, we ought to love one another, whatever. But if you think about how there's certain Christian groups who give themselves pride for worshiping God the right way. You know, we go to church every Sunday and we pay our tithes and offerings and we're the righteous ones, you know, not, not, not those other folks. And every time we have these, you know, these atrocities that happen, whether it be a school shooting or, or other little things like, well, those are sinners, you know, those are the bad folks. Those are the crazy folks. They're not the worthy ones. Right. Exactly. They're, they're different from us. And what I'm saying is, you know, that is entirely the wrong way of looking at it. That's what's so really essential about all these like peaceful marches that are happening that's right you know it's like we need to be together we need to stand together Mm -hmm. you know even if it's a some a simple message like please don't shoot us yeah yeah you know please somebody stop shooting us Mm -hmm. it's a pretty damn simple message yeah you know but we need to be together to feel that Mm-hmm. And you know, to look out for one another. In isolation oh, or in, like, committee meetings or mm-hmm. in, like, you know, PTA meetings, it's not good enough. Yeah. It's not solving it. It's still too isolated. This young kid you were telling me mm-hmm. about is homeschooled, so he didn't really have a lot of interaction with other 
peers, maybe. Yeah. Well, a lot of homeschool kids do. They, yeah. the, the, the families do get together. Yeah. So and Deb, you had read a little bit about it because I guess you you have friends. I have a lot of friends in Austin, yeah, and I, I know I, that I there. I went to school there too. I spent a lot of time there as well. There was a lot of terror. Um, you know, uh, every time I opened up my Facebook, somebody else was marking themselves safe from a bombing. Mm. It was just, you know, I wasn't there, but I was still terrified. Yeah. And as I said before, we don't know if this person left other packages in yeah. other places. Yeah. Because the way that they were triggered were different. Like, yeah. you know, a, a tripwire or yeah. somebody still has you, it. You had read a little bit about um, the, I guess the, he was involved in a church, sort of a I, crazy I had read church. that. And I don't have it in front of me, so I can't quote it. Mm-hmm. But I had read that he was involved in a a, a right wing church that um, a very conservative church that actually had trained their membership on how to use guns. Wow! So I mean, that was not the tool that he used in this case, but um, it was. It, when I read that, it was it was a very chilling um, fact to read that that we have. Because I am I'm not someone who uses guns, although I know how to shoot a gun, sure. I still find it odd that my church would teach me how to do that. Crazy. It's just really, really crazy. But, of course, you know, there's a culture. I mean, I don't try to – I really try not to hate on other cultures because, you know, that's what makes America great, that everyone comes from a different culture, a different, you know, way of life, and but we can still – you know, I, I still grow up uh, – I remember as a kid um, – Schoolhouse Rock. You guys remember Schoolhouse Rock? Rock. Yeah. Yeah. And talk about the American melting pot. And, um, you know, all of us are of of a different tapestry, but we're still. So we don't focus on our differences or uh, we don't emphasize that. So, but, you know, my culture, the way that I was raised, it doesn't isolate me. It doesn't lead me to isolate myself from other people who are different from me. You know, there are folks I remember, you know, as a kid. There, there used to be this, not as a kid, but uh, as a uh, young adult, there was this, um, there were some schools that wanted to just have a black-only school to, um, I guess it was a back back to Africa sort of movement or back to Africanism or, or what have you. Or a different reason for yeah. seeking their segregation? I guess so. It's almost like reverse segregation. Yeah, and I, I, I never I've really got that. into that, yeah, to sort of uplift Did black kids. That? It, it, it lasted for just a little bit, and then I guess, luckily, you know, stronger hits prevailed, and it's like, hey, listen, we can't really do that because you know. Do they find prob- other ways to remind the children of their heritage? Probably, you know. I mean, well, I would imagine, you know, seeking, you know, when your identity as a, a group as an African American is threatened, it's a way of strengthening that identity yeah. in a way. Yeah, I mean, uh, but, <coughs> but to what end? Right. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly right. You know, when I was a kid, you know, you had roots. You had. Um, by Alex Haley, which was on TV. You had uh, The Wiz. Uh, you had, um, there was The Greatest, which. Good Times. Uh, well, Good Times or whatever. <laughs> so there was all no, sorts. I mean, there's there, were, there were a lot of shows with African But there was, there, there, you know, it was, so in the 70s, all of us kids, you know, I mean, like I just talked to a friend of mine who graduated with me. We have our 30, 31st anniversary of um, Duke Ellington alums. Mm. But we talked about growing up as kids being proud to be black. We didn't need some other element or some sort of segregation to protect to, your identity to make ourselves proud right yeah. exactly no one's going to take my culture <laughs> norman and norman and i were talking uh last week on the other podcast culture vultures have you guys ever heard about that Mm-mm. no what's wrong so there, there's, some, there's some blogger 
who had a problem with Bruno Mars. It's like, well, he's not really black, and why is he doing black music, and he's stealing our culture? I'm like, okay, last time I checked, let me let me check my pockets. I think it's still my culture. <laughs> did you did you bring your ID card? <laughs> your union card? Right, exactly. So, you know, I don't know about this whole, you know, culture vulture, and we don't need these extemporaneous things, whether it be the black movement or an ultra-white movement. Well, I think I think that sounded like somebody who's definitely not in the entertainment industry because the whole <laughs> point of Bruno Mars is to share. Exactly. You know, and if he's like ripping off certain, you know, R&B stuff, mm-hmm. I can't think of thousands of people who ripped off James Brown. <laughs> I mean, I, I can't, you know, be a sampling, and, right? And thank God that, no, no, I mean, yeah. even through direct imitation. Oh, sure. You know, it, but thank God it did because otherwise, mm-hmm. you know, that would, that voice wouldn't be shared. Right, exactly. You know? Well, Norman talked about Big Mama Thornton and Elvis Presley, you know, taking yeah. the song Hound Dog. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. As an example of, like, this is something that just expounded. Yeah. You know, because people shared it. Sure. I mean, you know, I, I don't necessarily get upset. I'm like, hey, you know, people are embracing my culture. That's great. Mm-hmm. What's the big deal? But getting back to this, the reason why I bring all of that up, there are some individuals within, I don't know, the Deep South or Midwest or whatever who believe I have to preserve my culture. To me, oh. and this, and I'm going to like go for it. I'm going to address this subject again because yeah. you know it's something we or you and I don't agree on. Mm-hmm. Is I think there's so much an emphasis on evil, on evil in the world, and uh, and and how we need to combat it all the time. For instance, I mean, you know, you talk about these deep, these 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 southern uh, kind of uh, you know themes that happen, you know, within these like. Like Southern Baptist churches, and I've been to a few when I was mm-hmm. in Texas, and there was this one with Vacation Bible School where literally we would, the preacher would get up and talk about God's army. We are part of God's oh, army, yeah. two little kids, sure. and they we tried. They tried to re- soldiers <laughs> in the army. Yeah. Oh no. Da, 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 no, but da, they would. Da, da, they would da, da, literally yeah. try to, and they'd say, "You need to go out and recruit other people to come to Vacation Bible School." So you know, we go home. And find the kids on your block who are doing nothing this summer and make them come to vacation Bible school with you. And if you do, you can get prizes like this toy machine gun or a pith helmet or a a fatigue jacket with camouflage. And the more people you recruit, the more prizes you would get. Wow. And like you would get you would build your rank in the in this particular little church. Yeah. In God's army. I mean, we're talking about, you know, you talk about like, like the influence on, you know. Guns, and, but what you know, and I think you know, maybe at the heart of it, something was beneficial there. They're talking about getting rid of evil and combating evil, but you know, in the meantime, it's yeah, disgusting. I mean, it's <laughs> amazing, it's you know, the irony, the mixed metaphors. It's, oh, wow, that is amazing. Oh, That's yeah, crazy. And, the, and this was like to little kids, like seven, eight year old kids, yeah. And of course, there were teenagers who, you know, in, in you know, I mean, there was, it wasn't just. Of seven and eight year olds, there yeah. were other, other you know different groups yeah. of teenagers and people who could read better and do do stuff better, who had their own groups and they would you know of course they were, they'd been doing it for a while so they had, they'd already graduated they'd had the they had the machine guns and the uh, mm-hmm. and the the toy machine guns and they had you know all the oh uniforms and so they looked like little neo Nazis, you know. And, my VBS was a lot different. And, and to me, VBS. you know, looking back on that, <laughs> yeah. looking back on that, and even kind of as a kid, I thought, like, this is scary and kind of ridiculous, you know, yeah. and, like freaking me out. I don't even want to be around these folks because they're kind of freaking me out. Yeah. You know, and, but, you know, to me, in, in retrospect, and, and and what I find so 
horrible and difficult about it is that this is the way a lot of these churches look upon evil in the world. Mm-hmm. We've got to hit it hard. Wherever we see evil, we've got to hit it really hard. And it's like, I don't think you understand the evil's in you. Yeah. It's not hell someplace else, and it's not all these other, all your enemies out there going to get you. The evil's within. Mm-hmm. What you need to do is, like, learn how to embrace those, even if you, you know, even if it's difficult. Mm-hmm. You know, learn how to embrace your neighbor. Learn how to love your enemy. Exactly. Um, you need to tackle the evil in you. And that's about the only place you can do it. Yeah. If you start trying to, like, point the finger <clears throat> at other groups or other individuals, it's going to bite you. Yeah. You know? It seems like every news story is the opposite of love one another. I know. It, and and it, I think it's that's a shame. why Well, when it bleeds, it leads. So we understand why the news focuses yeah. on yeah. Yeah. the bad thing. But even when I was in – I lived in Atlanta for a couple of years as well as I was – Mm-hmm. doing my midlife crisis journey across the country. <laughs> and, um, uh, you know, I experienced so much prejudice there. Wow. And in I, Atlanta? And I don't, Just you because know, of what you looked like? Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I remember going to Macy's to buy some foundation and waiting to be waited upon. And an older woman who was, you know, I guess in her 50s, and a younger woman who was in her 20s were both at the counter, and they both ignored me hmm. until I finally – forced myself onto them and the older woman said to the younger one i need you to help this oriental girl as a 45 year old woman i was Hmm. (laughs) taken aback but that's just one example of just everyday prejudice that is common there yeah like they doesn't occur to them that they're (coughs) treating me Hmm. with disdain yeah that's just how they treat People that don't look like them. Yeah, yeah. <coughs> and so I was getting it from both sides. I was getting it from African Americans, and I was getting it from Caucasians. What a shame! Yeah, that is really a shame. And that's why I left. Yeah. <laughs> so I, you know, when I, because how we how we do this, uh, it, there's a round robin. You know, like each of us take a Bible verse and we, you know, talk on it. When I um, when I did the research, I just typed in, especially after the um, you know the suspect was killed. I just did a type on uh, on uh, I want to say Google. because we found Google. out for those of you who aren't following the story yeah. that he was targeting African Americans. Yeah, targeting yeah. African Americans, but also I was curious about the um, how he was raised and this whole concept of isolating yourselves mm-hmm. in the name of God. Mm-hmm. I've got to protect myself from evil, so I have to separate myself from evil. I'm very interested in that concept because I think it's dangerous. It's very very dangerous. Um, but in any case, there's a preacher, uh, a guy by the name of Stephen J. Cole. He's the pastor of the Flagstaff Christian Fellowship. Oh, I like him. And um, and he wrote the article. So I'm not, you know, this isn't didn't just come from my mind. But uh, lesson 100: accepting those who are different. Romans 15th chapter 7 through 12. Uh, I'm reading Bible.org. If any of you who are listening to the podcast want oh, I love that site. That's where I got all that information about the Beatitudes. Oh, wow. Right, exactly. And he writes. So and I'll so it has a lot of commentary, too. Yeah, from, exactly. From exactly. theologians, not just, <laughs> right, exactly. not just one person, right? But I don't want any of the things that I just, I'm just stealing from him or whatever. Cause I'm basically you were influenced by some of the ideas exactly. that you read. But here's what he writes. He says, if you look for a church that is made up of people who are, air quotes, your kind of people, People who are just like you in your cultural background, their appearance, their likes and dislikes, you're missing the radical nature of Paul's command here. 
in the context, the one another represented those from conservative religious Jewish backgrounds who ate only kosher meat, who carefully observed Jewish holy days, and who have been taught from childhood not to defile themselves with any contact with Gentile dogs. It also included Gentiles from pagan, idolatrous backgrounds who formerly worshipped with temple prostitutes, who had no problem eating any kind of food set before them, and those who thought that Jews were a bunch of legalistic, hyper-religious prudes. In other words, the other person whom you are accepting is precisely the person who is radically different from than you in almost every way. It's so weird because we read these Gospels to each other, mm-hmm. and, and we, we, we are fed them in church, and we forget, like, Paul was not preaching to us. He was no. preaching to people who never even heard of Jesus Christ. Right, exactly. I mean, you know. And or, or who heard about him, like, in some distance. Uh, yeah, distance. but this was, this was not just building, you know, up mm-hmm. the recruits. Yeah. You know, this was trying to convince people who'd never been exposed to this message. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And, and something. I mean, yeah, that's a completely different set of circumstances. Exactly, that's yeah, exactly completely right. Completely different. And what what Pastor Cohen is saying is, we have an obligation as Christians to connect and fellowship with people who are different than we are. That's what Paul wants. And the fuel is the love that we feel about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, that's the yeah. that's the energizing fuel. Mm-hmm. I mean, our job is a lot easier than Paul's job was. Mm-hmm. So much. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You Nobody's know? invading our country. <laughs> We're not oh, right. trying to find right. food. Yeah. Like, we don't have to go into a strange lands. And we don't have to, to sacrifice do animals. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. But isn't it interesting how, I mean, it's a knee-jerk reaction to want to be with people who we're comfortable with. I have mm-hmm. friends who will never leave D.C. Yeah. because it's comfortable and you get to see your friends, people, people that you've known for years and years and years. You don't have to struggle with communication and language. Yeah, I think that's what it was the big draw when I first came to San Francisco and going to Glide Church is seeing just a whole host of different people, mm-hmm. you know, and like so much diversity there that it was almost it just – it made you helpless with the kind of like love that poured yes, out because it, it was just like, oh, I get it. Yeah. We're all in this together. Yeah, that's what I like about the little church that I go to because it's a really, it's a, again a real mixed bag. Mm-hmm. You know, both socio, socioeconomic, uh, racial. You know, cool. Every 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 different kind of person, yeah. uh, LGBT, you name it. Yeah, and what I've heard and and from talking, you know, to different people who decided to make that their home base mm-hmm. is that they would go to church, you know, different churches, test them out, yeah. know, put the foot in the water, toe in the water kind of thing. And they would sit there and, you know, sit in the back row, you know, and wait. And a lot of times somebody would say hello to them. Mm. Like, or welcome. Mm. Or say like, oh, you're new here. Mm. You know, can I talk to you? Or find out what you're looking for. And if yeah. this is a good fit. Mm. And, and they'd go, and they try that maybe for a few weeks, and still nobody would talk to them. Hmm. And it because it was like their church, not yeah. those people's. Right, right. And it was just like, even though they're all in this together, so yeah, seeking out like just something that's a good fit to you. Yeah, may not be a good fit to you, <laughs> you know, or may not fulfill the purpose of being there, which is to kind of like 
start reaching out, start doing the little dangerous thing, you mm -hmm. know, like mixing it up. <laughs> you know, and, you know, we're, we're theater people, so we're used to like I could be cast in a um, a production yeah. with totally different people and you know different mentalities, or whatever. And I always, I'm always enriched. I'm always learning, even if there's another African American who's perspective of african-american life is completely different from mine mm -hmm. um you know i'm always enriched what's well, our job is the I mean, we're kind of guess we're trying to train it. it's our job to be gregarious yeah yeah I mean, otherwise you know how are you going to get a good scene out of somebody <laughs> you know? and to understand other people's perspectives like right. that's kind of what we yeah, innately otherwise, do otherwise as you're just theater like people. reading yeah. lines you know? deb, deb here's a question for you yeah because you've grown up, uh, so, you know, you were born in Clark Air Force Base and you grew up in uh, Lubbock, Texas. Lubbock, Texas. Yeah. Was it hard to find a, um, a culture? I mean, we're talking about being culturally diverse. I mean, I grew up in Washington, D.C. I could have stayed in my cocoon, but I said, hey, I want to see the world. So I, you know, went to New York, came here. But was it ever difficult uh, to find, I guess, a culture that um, or, I don't know, a community that – I don't know, resonated with you. I, I didn't find a community that resonated with me until I moved to San Francisco. And that wasn't because mm -hmm. when I when we grew up in Lubbock, I, you know, basically I was a white person. I was raised as a white person. Mm -hmm. I thought of myself as a white person. I often still do. Mm -hmm. But there is a strong Filipino-American community there because there was an Air Force base, yeah. a pilot training base. And there's a lot of um, Filipino nurses. Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of a joke, actually, in the Filipino community. Everyone's a nurse. Um, <laughs> but, but, um, they, they do active recruitment um, of the nurses. Profession du jour. <laughs> yeah. But but I grew up around a hospital, yeah. you know. So there were there, I had a very strong sense of what being Filipino was, mm -hmm. a Filipino American. Mm -hmm. What I didn't have in my school were other Filipino Americans, um, you know, and so. There was some difficulty in that people would call me names. Mm. There was difficulty in that I couldn't be cast in shows because I looked different. Mm. I still I still got that in Atlanta for the first time after decades. Mm. Um, but, you know, when you say the, the, the group or the culture that, that mm -hmm. really resonated with me, I didn't I didn't really feel that until I arrived here. Yeah, because I, I am curious and I am open and I want to know everything about everyone. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, and and in this in the South, yeah, that is not appropriate for you to like be touching people and going, tell me everything about you. Yeah, <laughs> I want to know everything. Or unless unless yeah. you know you you know it's just a click. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. But you know it's interesting in these conservative churches where there's a belief that oh, if you listen to rock and roll or if you listen to this or if you're exposed to this hip hop rap or whatever or if you're exposed to those type of people. You will – it's almost like there's some friends of mine who are parents, and they're – you know, they try to raise their kids, you know, within their own home a particular way, and they always complain, oh, my God, I sent Susie to school, and now she's coming back, and she's got this language that, you know, now I've got to strip that out of her, you know, <laughs> out of her uh, vocabulary and begin all over again. And there's like this back and forth, and there's this um, struggle that some parents have. By keeping, I guess, you know, whatever whatever you want to call it, culture or what have you. I will, I will say I have yeah. long and valued friendships from my childhood. Mm -hmm. And that is that is partially from going to church with them and cool. going to their vacation Bible study. Yeah. And from going to the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Yeah. Th those friendships have lasted. Yeah. For 40 years. But, you know, there are some churches who are like, hey, in order to keep your Christianity, keep yourself from the outside world. 
don't don't listen to this don't 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 fo- don't talk to those folks mm-hmm. and and this and that and the other and am i am i alone that that's a danger i mean that's i, I think i think it's a fine line i think because you you want to protect your family sure but I, th- I think that, yes, by making it very black and white mm-hmm. and not allowing room for op- a, an open dialogue yeah. or an opportunity, yeah. then that I is I think the wrong. extremism, like there are yeah. folks who are like video games. Oh, my God, don't let your kid play Doom or, you know, Quake or um, you guys aren't into first-person shooters. You guys <laughs> look at me with a, a I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I guess I, I, I guess I'm not a parent, yeah. so I really can't. Talk about like parents who hover, or what do we call them, helicopter. Yeah, helicopter parents. We talk yeah. about. I, I, I can't really, mom. I can't really speak to that. Yeah. What what I what I think, and we'll, I'm going right back to the gospel that sure. you picked. And what I'm thinking about, and if I took a a thirty thousand mile airlift and had to look at this, you know, scripture, mm-hmm. is uh, I'm looking at a group of people, these apostles mm-hmm. who are spreading this gospel, mm-hmm. and. They're asking you, don't take our word for it. Be introspective. Mm-hmm. Point it towards your life and what you know and your heart. Mm-hmm. What 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 we're saying. Don't just tell other people to do it. I mean, it sounds like that's what we're doing. We're just like telling you to do this yet. Mm-hmm. But don't just do that. Christianity is based upon a certain skepticism about the status quo. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah, the world around you ain't what it needs to be. Mm-hmm. You have the power to make it what it needs to be. Don't take our word for it. Look for the faith in yourself. Look for the beauty in yourself and look for the good in others. Yes. You know, I mean. And other religions at this time aren't really prophesizing. No, that. they're putting up walls and saying, yeah. like, we're this and you're that. H- here are the laws that <laughs> you must follow about the way you eat and the way you bathe. And the way and the way you circumcise. And these your, are the things that you have to sacrifice. <laughs> yeah. To our pagan gods in order to get boons or benefits. Oh, these are the rules you must follow if you want to come into the temple. Or it's anything, not be know. nice to others. Like, I think there's a lot of skepticism <laughs> of, like, that's it. I just have to love my fellow man and mm-hmm. be right. good to them yeah. and and show compassion and help when I can. But mm-hmm. if, we, if, we taught, <laughs> if we taught people in church, you know, and we taught our youngsters in church, like, yeah, yeah, bad things are sin is there, but it's find the sin in yourself and root it out. Mm-hmm. Don't start trying to dig, you know, out, you know, the cavities in the world mm-hmm. until you've done this. Right. He who is without sin can throw the first rock. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, you only have power of the faith that, God, you know, if God gave you a little bit of faith and mm-hmm. a little bit of grace, yeah. that's what you have to embrace. That's yeah. what you have to use. For yourself. Mm-hmm. You know? And Romans 5th chapter, 8th verse talks about it. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were, were still sinners, Christ died for us. Mm-hmm. All of us. That's right, all of us. And I'm reminded, you know, when Jesus gave his sermon, you know, just before he died, he drew everyone. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's why he didn't preach in a church. He needed, you know, like a stadium. <laughs> it's almost like yeah. if the Ro- Rolling Stones can't do a black box theater, you know, they've got to... <laughs> You got to do it at Shea Stadium or whatever. I mean, you know, that's the power. They can't of Jesus always hang Christ. out at Slims, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> and so he drew everyone, not just Jews, not just Gentiles, but everyone. And so, like a magnet, all of a sudden you're, you're you know, you're side by side, you know, shoulder to shoulder with people who are from different cultures, different backgrounds, but they're all listening to. And the what word a welcoming of message at a time when 
the Romans are taking over all these countries and assimilating all these people with different backgrounds. Mm-hmm. And, and you've just gone through wars and famines. And, mm-hmm. and now someone is giving you the grace of God. That's yeah. so wonderful. Right. And now he's gone. I mean, and, you know, we're a week away from Easter. So we're, you know, moving closer to remembering, you know, the sacrifice that Jesus gave us. Mm-hmm. Now he's gone. These apostles are like, okay, so now we have these group of people who are listening to Jesus as if it were a rock concert, you know, mm-hmm. inspired by his, his word. How do we maintain? How do we maintain and how we keep this group of people together Mm -hmm. as one church? Mm -hmm. And so that's, you know, the message that Paul and even Peter in Acts 10 is talking about Mm -hmm. because he is going to baptize these Gentiles and bring these Gentiles into the church along with the Jews. And so, you know, there's backbiting and talking. Oh, my, these people. Paul says, listen, accept these people who are different. Well, they, they want. They want to establish relationships. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I mean, I think that's the main thing is, is, I mean, John talked about repenting, repent, mm-hmm. repent, meaning transform, meaning change your heart. Exactly. Change the, change don't, the don't way. Don't say I'm sorry. Yeah. Change, <laughs> really change viscerally. Yeah. The way you view each other, mm-hmm. you know, because the, the, the suffering that Christ did was not just something to kind of like let you know that, hey, I feel the way you do. Mm-hmm. The, su- the suffering that Christ did was a promise that I have a relationship with you mm-hmm. that goes beyond this little body, this little human thing. Mm-hmm. I, have a, I have a tie. I have a direct bond with you mm-hmm. that, that, that's a relationship where you can jump in and be involved with it or you can turn your back. Mm-hmm. Say it's not. It doesn't mean it's not there. It's still there. Yep. It's always gonna be. It's gonna be there waiting for you. Mm-hmm. Whenever, whenever you come around. Yeah. But it was a promise, and so these are these little trips that Paul. I mean, he can't be everywhere, so he writes letters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and these trips that he's making throughout the Roman Empire is kind of like are these letters he's making throughout the Roman Empire is kind of trying to make that relationship with these folks. You know, establish it, going like, it's here, it's here, it's waiting, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. we're ready. <laughs> and I want to, uh, so Paul wrote a letter to the Galatians, and Galatians 6, chapter first 1, also emphasize um, the need, you know, how do we, when we are in contact with those who we consider sinners, of course, we're all sinners, but, you know. When you were describing the sinner earlier, I thought, that <coughs> sounds a lot like me. <laughs> that's, that's all of us. That's all of us. Yeah. But here's, here's what he says in Galatians 6.1. Brothers, if someone is caught in a sin, you who are spiritual should restore him gently. But watch yourself, or you also may be tempted. Now, you know, it goes without saying. But the first part is a wonderful thing. Um, gently. Yeah, restore him gently. Yeah. Don't Paul, run away. Paul was saying in the earlier fifties, like you know, we're powerful because we have this like really strong, you know, belief. Mm-hmm. But that means that you have to be really special with the folks who are weak in spirit, right? You know, I wonder now that you talk about this Austin thing. Mm-hmm. I wonder what's going to happen to this church now. 
That's a good question. Well, a lot of what happens next for them? I didn't know anything about, uh, about the church until you brought it up today. Huh. I'm sure they'll just keep going on. They'll probably say the same thing. I don't you know. know. This kid. I don't know. I'll see if I can find that article. And I mean, it, it would came be up in my feed. I, if I was in that church and this happened and I knew, I knew that guy. Mm-hmm. I think a part of my. But I think a lot of them I, are defaulting to. He had a mental illness. Yeah, exactly. We we couldn't have helped him. We did everything that we could. Yeah. We showed him God's love. I think that's. I don't know. If I, I don't know if I could easily compartmentalize it like that, though. Maybe maybe you'd have to just yeah. for the so you you know you didn't think the world was just you know crazy nuts. But unfortunately, there's some churches who they don't. There's some churches that just shouldn't be churches at all. I'm just going to straight out say it. I mean, they don't have the compassion. You know, like you and you, all the three of us are sifting through the Bible. We're trying to connect it with current events, try to have it mean, have it have meaning mm-hmm. within our lives mm-hmm. and within the lives of those who are listening. Mm-hmm. We're making a concentrated effort to pour into this. Yeah. They could churches. be as well. I mean, this church could be doing the same thing we're doing. Yeah. Their perspective is different. Yeah. And yeah. they're applying it differently. Yeah. yeah. And we're, and, we, and we're not everybody's cup of broth either. Right. You know, I mean, sure. I, I, there are lots of little groups like us, not necessarily doing podcasts, but yeah. meeting, uh, discussing, sure. you know, uh, scripture uh-huh. uh, in their own way. Yeah. And sometimes they're comfortable with each other. Sometimes they're not. Sometimes mm-hmm. they think like, oh, my God, I wish I had a different group or whatever. But, you know, I right. mean, there's, there's, there's a lot of people doing this, but in their own different ways. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's a good question. What will happen to that what, church? What I will don't happen know. to that church? I mean, I mean, if I, I just saying if I was there, mm-hmm. I, something would be really shaken up. Yeah. I'd have to make some real decisions about how do we, how do we represent ourselves in this, yeah. in this particular situation? And may, maybe, I've, maybe, you know, I, I certainly apologize if I feel that I'm judging, but I just don't understand how a church can claim to be preaching the word of God and yet still talk about guns and, and you know, it's just, that's the part that I, I right. also don't understand because God's <clears throat> message is I mean, it reminds me of the about Westboro hope Baptist and church. life and community and guns are the opposite of that. To right. Me. Jesus will not hold a gun. I mean, there weren't guns then. There were swords. And we talked about that. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. I, th- I think this like emphasis on like all the we got to stop all the evil out there. Yeah. As if you walked into those church doors and like all the evil just like went like, OK, we're out here. Right. We're not coming in there. <laughs> right. You know, and it's like, right. no, I mean, the evil is within yourself. The That's sin exactly is within right. yourself. Yeah. You know, you you can't do anything about the evil in the world until you tackle that. That's exactly right. Until you kind of go like, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I, I'm, re- I'm, I'm re- just as guilty. Yeah. I'm just as guilty. I'm know? reminded of the uh, the what was it the uh, the thief that died next to Christ as he was uh, being yes. crucified. How you know? ironic! Yeah, <laughs> today you will be with me in paradise. Yeah, he accepted him. I heard a, that there's a parade in San Rafael where mm-hmm. they have a a gentleman who represents Jesus on the cross. Is that right? Yeah. Oh. Well, in the Philippines, I'm sure. Right, Friday. I'm sure in the Philippines next week there'll be someone. Oh, who, there will. I've yeah, seen it. Yeah. Who do the actual crucifixion? He actually gets crucified. Yeah. Physically crucified. That's a bit much. <laughs> Not an act. It's, it's usually a prisoner who's on death row. Yeah. Oh. And they volunteer. Holy crap! You won't have to worry about that. <laughs> Jesus already sacrificed for you, Craig. That leaves a bad taste in my mouth <laughs> a little bit, but yeah. Well, they yeah. feel that that's how they gain their salvation. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. I remember going as a very young child, and Ew. I was how, terrified. 
Yeah. Yeah, imagine it must have freaked you out. I remember, like, going to our church the next time, and there in the Philippines there was a statue of Jesus who had been laid down from the cross in the middle of the aisle. Mm-hmm. And um, you had to walk past it to get to your pew, and I freaked out, and mm. I was screaming and crying, mm. and they couldn't get me to stop because I, I didn't want to go walk past it because I'd seen that guy mm-hmm. be oh crucified God. on the cross. I asked my dad later in life, like, why did you let a five-year-old see that? <laughs> and he said, that's just what you do there. That's, mm. how you, that's what you do. It's funny when talking about death. Did I, I told you guys how I got saved, right? No. How no. My grandfather had passed away. Uh, he was killed in oh, 1976. Yeah, the, I told the, you that story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, I, but you didn't hear. So I'll, I'll refried beans. <laughs> okay. So 1976, my, fa- my grandfather was uh, killed. A uh, very horrible thing. And um, it, it was my first time going to a funeral. And uh, my mother. You were like five or six. Seven. 76, seven years old. Seven. Well, no, March of 76, I was still six. So in any case, my mom had a, um, she would always take me to these horror movies. And there was a movie out called Squirm, Killer Worms. <laughs> <laughs> it was a crazy B, B movie. I mean, there, there were, you had the Manitou, you had, um, you had, not Friday the 13th, that would be a little bit later on, but Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Mani- Maniac. I mean, there was some the crazy B, B flicks going out there. And there, was, and there was a movie about killer worms, and I remember working in the garden, the backyard, and my dad asked me to lift this log, and there were these worms underneath the log, and it just freaked me out, and I just <laughs> ran away. I was like, look, pick it up, and come on, man, we got to go. So in any case, we're at the funeral, and my grandfather is in a casket, and I say, Dad, what's going to happen to him? He's like, well, we're going to bury him, six feet under, you know, there's a plot that we have. And I thought about the worms, and I started to cry because I was like, oh, my God, when I die, that's going to be me. And Dad's <laughs> like, listen, that's just your body. If you're saved, your soul will go to heaven. And I was like, yep, that's what I want. I want to be Christian. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so like you decided that. to be saved to save yourself from becoming a worm. Yeah, for me, you know, <laughs> <one of> this. <laughs> I started a worm farm for my garden. <laughs> <laughs> I won't show it to worm, you. Worms still freak me out. <laughs> you don't bait fishing hooks, do you? Yeah, no, no, no. But um, it's, fascinating, it's fascinating how we think about death and, you know, our correlation with death and Christianity. And that's what it's interesting about. because as a Catholic, you know, we're baptized when we're born, basically. Mm-hmm. And I also, I grew up in a very Protestant area of the country, Baptist mm-hmm. in, in, in Texas. And everyone would always celebrate when they they became baptized and, and when they became saved and reborn. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I don't have that. Hmm. And, but, and, it, and, but then later on, I thought, yeah. but I get to I get to choose every day. Later yeah. on, I got to yeah, that. I got but at first, before, I was like... I got baptized, too, when I was like, you know, <laughs> like an infant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's only later on that you kind of like, you know, kind of once you start to learn about what it means and everything. It, mm-hmm. It's exactly what you said, Rich. It, it, it's about you die. Yeah. Your, or your acceptance of your body yep. as this eternal thing mm-hmm. is gone. Yep. I mean, you're finite. You're going to die. Yep. Your body's going to go somewhere, maybe worms. Yep. <laughs> but, but, but the baptism yeah. itself is like you give that up. You, you do. You yeah. say goodbye life. Mm-hmm. Hello, love. Hello, yes. eternalness. Mm-hmm. Hello, relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, better relationship with 
with mm-hmm. with people that are relationships with God. Yep. And you you embrace that. That's a new life. Yes. It's a, it is a death. Yes. It is dying. And you but talk- it's also. A, a new life, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, you're and you do it every day. Yeah. I mean, you, you kind of like go like, okay, that's, that yesterday's dead. Yes, I, <laughs> I do. I have to with days like yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you had a bad day yesterday, huh? Yeah. There, now, literally, there were times when I was in a meeting and I wanted to say something so badly. And I thought, I need to take a breath. Mm-hmm. And I need to think about what would God do right now? Yeah. I go he would that say too. nothing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I will be reborn. I will be reborn. <laughs> you know, you're in the bar and, you know, someone steps on your foot or, you know, I don't know, something crazy happens. Like, listen. Someone cuts you off in traffic? I'm sure. like, I need to live. Yeah. Please take that spot in front of me. So I, I was on the bus. <laughs> I was on the bus, I think it was this week or maybe it was last week. And there was one guy who was just, I think he was high or something. And he was just cussing out this woman. You mother f and this and that or whatever, and I th- I'm sure there was something just inside of him, age hatred against women, and she was a beautiful woman, so maybe he, you know, I guess he was rejected or he felt the rejection of some other woman in the past, and he was projecting on him. His rage just went off. Yeah, just rage just went off, and the woman just <clears throat> just paid attention to something else and just you know went on with her life. But um, yeah, it's interesting what you said about death. I mean. We do. It's a metaphysical death of, hey, that other part of my life where I did not focus on God, I did not focus on my spiritual health, I didn't focus on loving my neighbors, that part is dead. Now I'm living for God. And it's a choice that we do. And we give our lives. A part of ourselves die. There are things that I won't do because I'm a Christian, because that's, you know, that's just not a part of me. And, you know, that's it's a choice that you make. Love one another. That's exactly right. It's 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 hard. It's mm-hmm. it's hard to keep seeing it. I mean, I feel like, you know, you're just beating over the head with that thing over and over. Love your neighbor. Love your enemy. <laughs> love your it is. Well, but why, why are we be being beaten over the head? <laughs> yeah. Why, Craig? Yeah. Because we don't apply it every day. Because we, yeah. we can look around us and see people be- not being kind sure. to each other. That's because exactly all right. the other detergents don't work. <laughs> right. But it's interesting, you know, like I search for a Bible verse, not even focusing on loving your neighbor, and all yes. of a sudden Paul is still talking about it. I know, it. I know. You've so. tried others. Still those nasty. <laughs> Yellow stains. It's the golden rule. That's the whole New Testament. Exactly. It supports that golden yeah. rule. Because if you and, love your neighbor, you love God. And yeah. and and from what we talked about last week, it's about shining that light. Yes. So that other people can also show mercy, be kind and meek mm-hmm. and graceful. That's, yeah. I'm kind of worried about. I mean, I think we talked about this a little bit about the evangelical mm-hmm. name and just how difficult it is. Sure. You know, to kind of like feel like that's 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 what we need to be doing. But I look at this verse you picked today mm-hmm. and I, I see a total evangelical mm-hmm. in Paul. Yeah. And and it's like Yeah, he's not preaching to the choir. He's preaching to strangers. Exactly. You know? He's and, preaching beyond. And he, yeah. Yeah, he's he, preaching to a whole country. Yeah, yeah but, <laughs> like, but mm-hmm. you know, I mean, he's he's opening new doors. Mm-hmm. This is not the door to your church where you open it up and say, hey, everybody, I'm back. We're here to talk about things. Right. <laughs> no, he's opening the church yeah. doors outward and going like, yeah. 
Hello, anybody who will listen to me. <laughs> Hello, I am Paul. I have a radical message for you. Yeah. Uh, who's this Paul guy? <laughs> you know? It's an anti, anti, anti-isolationist message. It's yeah. a message yeah. that is inclusive to everyone. And I think that's what we're doing in yes. our little way is like trying to open that door out, mm-hmm. trying to, you know, bringing it from my heart. Right. Trying to uncover all the, like, Weird little labyrinths in my heart is yeah. is a big struggle. Yeah, it's like okay, rip that open, rip that <laughs> open. Let's get sure. there. Let's get oh, to we the expose ourselves. Yeah, we expose ourselves in in this podcast. An ongoing search. Yeah, but, but I think also the message we're trying to like do is like, yeah, know, the good news portion was like go out and preach, people. Yeah. You know, and, like, okay. And, and what you mentioned about evangelical church. I mean, you know, when you hear about, let's say, this kid, the guy's name is Mark Anthony Condit, um, who we're talking about. Some will say, well, that's why I'm not involved in the church. That's why I don't believe. Yeah, immediately. Because he went to a church. He was one of these crazy church folks. And look what he did. And look what happened to him. Right. And everybody else who he was like got involved with, you know. And so our message is, uh, you know. This I don't know where he is family or the church if it was the church on the show. Huh? (laughs) 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 What'd you say? I said maybe we should get an atheist here and and well if we can bring it to them. Yeah, (laughs) if they they, they can they can bear it. They can bear it. (laughs) (laughs) But um, but like look at the you know like the evangelicals uh, who are embracing Trump. I mean he 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 can do like all these really crappy evil things. As soon as like what he like said like okay well I want to reiterate how much I hate transgender. You know, they, they, they totally like, like, okay, we're back with you. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's like, now everybody thinks that Christians are like that. Oh, gosh. Yeah. It's making it really difficult. Sure. I think it's definitely that phrase that you were saying, evangelical, giving it a little more of a negative spin than oh, we've sure. had in a, a very little. long time. A little. I mean, time. it's a nasty, dirty word. Yeah. You know? But, you know, if we To can, a lot of people. To a lot of people. If we can add our little bit to be the yang, if there's a yin and yang between, you know, the, I don't know, I'll, I'll call it the alt-right Christian, you know, religious right. I've talked about how... Um, the Fourth Great Awakening, um, the PTL Club and the televangelists mm-hmm. and how religion sort of seeped – I'm sorry, politics seeped into religion mm-hmm. and how sort of, in my opinion, bastardized the name of God. Yeah. Politics have been in religion since man created religious communities. Yeah. But um, I guess American politics, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Where Nixon went to church and, you know, hooked up with who, – who's the guy's name? Um, Jerry Falwell and, yes. and, and, and all those folks. You know, if you believe in God, you got to vote for Trump. You know that sort of stuff. Uh, well, it's difficult. I mean, you know, Christ was political. Mm-hmm. That's right. I mean, so you can't really take the politics out of religion. I think you can take the marketing out of religion. I yeah. Think so. um, yeah. mm-hmm. I think that part is pretty useless. Yeah. For a lot of for for mm-hmm. for me anyway. But well, there are some who would argue. Yeah. Not. I mean. Uh, Father Justin gave us all Jesus trading cards. To wow. <laughs> if, that's, no, that. if that's not no. marketing, I don't know what yeah. is. I <clears> kind of <throat> thought like, mm-hmm. but you but know. If, but if there's going to be get a little re- cards of the Pope, yeah, 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 yeah you could do that. If there's going to be a religious right, yeah. I like to consider myself to be the religious, uh, the religious left. Yeah. Um, let's be the yang for for the yin. You know. Yeah, or at least let's let's say it's not all filthy dirty. Exactly. You know, yeah. that there is some hope, mm-hmm. like you say in, in your preamble. Yeah. We're here with a message of hope and a mm-hmm. message of, of love. Yeah. You know there's a lot of crap out there. Yeah. That's the, not – that's our emphasis is on, mm-hmm. you know, getting away from the crap and the hate yeah. and putting some 
some beauty into these yeah. these words, you know. Yeah, because we believe in we believe in the goodness of God. We believe in the goodness of man, all man. Agreed. Have yeah. To, have to. Have to. Man, women, and children. Yeah. We're getting close. Um, yep. Who wants to close us out in prayer? I will. Um, dear Heavenly Father, please carry us through this week as we march toward our salvation. Um, thank you for this community and dialogue that we have today. And we hope that we reach out to our listeners and inspire them to be the good in the world and the light. In your holy name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, thank you. <laughs> Another great one. I never know how these things are going to go, but it always turns out really, really well. I told good you, I always come fun. here and know something good is going to happen. It's always good it's and interesting. Yeah, it, it, always, it always works out better. I, ca- I carry it with me through the week. Me I, too. Is that right? I do. Awesome. Me too. Yeah, yeah, very much. Fantastic. I know I feel good. And, and, next, and next week we'll have uh, Holy Week all week long. Yeah. 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 Hey. Apparently church is open all week long. I don't, I'm not. I'm when I first I'm moved to go California, <laughs> I did you go to when all, I, all of the services? Well, when I first moved to California, I was in grad school and I didn't understand why we didn't have. What do you mean we don't have Good Friday off? What's Holy Thursday? I gotta go to church. <laughs> I'm sorry. Buddy. There's a thing on Tuesday too. I forgot what it's called, but it's there. Yeah. <laughs> Monday, Thursday. I've got things. That's right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Monday, yeah. Thursday, so Good it'll Friday. Be a, I'm really excited to go to to service at your church. It'll be fun. Yeah, all of us are going to go. Yeah. 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 Okay. Cool, cool. I'm looking forward to it, too. Mm -hmm. It'll be great to share it. It'll be awesome. So here's my uh, blurb. Faith is a podcast open to anyone. You may not believe at all. You may be Muslim, Jewish, agnostic, or atheist. You may have had a horrible experience in the church, which has made you turn your back to God. You can still have faith. We ask you to listen to this podcast, even challenge us on Facebook or on SoundCloud, and share what you feel. Don't feel alienated because we speak of what we believe. The Bible has been around for thousands of years, and even now, in the age of the Internet and social media and great technology, it still has a message for all of us. You can listen to this podcast on the Apple Podcast app or on iTunes. Uh, Just open up iTunes, click on Store, go to the search engine on the upper right-hand side and search for you got to have faith and you'll find us. If you use Android, download the SoundCloud app or just go on SoundCloud.com. Search for us, and you'll find us. Thanks for listening, and God bless. Have a great week.